What's up guys, it's Aro, and this is Arsh, and welcome or welcome back to the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. As you all probably know, we have been running a giveaway for the one year anniversary of our podcast, and today marks the end of that giveaway, meaning that in this episode, we will announce the winner of the autographed and authentic DK Metcalf jersey. Now, our topics today are Tim Tebow signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars as a tight end, Jalen Brown seizing and injury, Russell Westbrook passing Oscar Robinson to become the all-time triple-double leader, and what's the bigger story, Dak Prescott's return or Tom Brady's repeat? But first, we discuss Tim Tebow returning to football after playing for the New York Mets minor league team for six years. So, Tim Tebow, he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I think he and Urban Meyer have a really strong connection because he was the quarterback when Urban Meyer was at Florida. So they still probably have a very strong relationship. And I don't understand why you'd sign Tim Tebow to your 53-man roster. Doesn't make any sense to me if you're signing him at tight end. Unless either he sees really good potential as him being a tight end, which I doubt, or he's just it's just because of their relationship. If it was any other coach, they would not say yes. So I think it's the second one. And I hope that Tim Tebow, it's Tim Tebow, it's hard for him to give up the professional uh, sports dream. He realizes how how good it is, how lucky he is to be part of professional sports. And I think he just doesn't want to give the opportunity up, first as a quarterback. Second, I, mean, I think he still should have gotten a chance. The Broncos never gave him a real chance at QB. What do you mean? He took them all the way to the um, AFC Championship. Exactly. And then Peyton Manning came along, and no one ever gave him a chance to be... You're proving my point. No one ever gave him a chance to be a QB again. He never got a fair race. The job went to Peyton Manning, and then he never got a fair chance anywhere else. Then he made it to the AA, I'm pretty sure, AA All-Star team for the... I mean, yeah, for AA All-Star team for the MLB and he's made it to AAA, but he hasn't been able to get to the majors. And at last, he's coming back to play tight end. So I just wish him luck on this part of his professional career, and maybe this could be his most successful part. Yeah, I think he's basically come full circle. Like you said, his relationship with Urban Meyer is really, really strong. They said that um, earlier this week. And I just think it's really interesting that Tim Tebow is coming back to play um, tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, like you said, he used to be a quarterback. He was he. I think he won the Heisman in college, and um, and then they they just drafted Trevor Lawrence. So either they get him, they they sign Tim Tebow as a tight end because number one, they don't have Tyler Eifert's not that anymore, not that good of a tight end. He was he used to be really good for the Bengals, but he's not that good of a tight end. So they have someone who's big, bulky, can play tight end but also can mentor Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback position. That's very true, actually. I think this is actually a really, really good move, but I just think that they should not have signed him as a tight end. I mean, do you guys remember when Josh McCown was with the Eagles and talking about, he was like their third string and talking about converting to tight end because Dallas Goddard hadn't emerged and Zach Ertz was hurt? I don't know if you guys remember that, but it was sort of the same situation, but now it's actually coming to life. So I think this is actually just a really interesting move uh, Tim Tebow took a break, like I said, for six years with the Mets, and he actually had a very, very good career um, in the minor league. So he's a very, very good player. I think he still has some potential. Potential. He's a little old, but I just think it's ironic how he's playing with his old college coach, and they and they just drafted a number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence, at quarterback, 
and they signed a quarterback to play tight end. This has never happened before, so I'm really interested to see how the Jaguars develop this relationship and how the Jaguars um, go about uh, having two quarterbacks on their roster. It's sort of like a Taysom Hill situation. It's actually exactly like a Taysom Hill situation because Taysom Hill is a quarterback, but his official position before this year was a tight end. So I guess they'll probably use some jungle packages with Taysom Hill or probably something like that. Probably put Tim Tebow in at quarterback for at the end of the game a little bit um, and maybe have some, like a Drew Brees where uh, Trevor Lawrence is the Drew Brees and uh, uh, Tim Tebow is the Taysom Hill if they want to um, change the pace of the game or if they, at the end of the game, if Trevor Lawrence somehow happens not to be reliable in this first couple of games, they have a backup that they can trust. So I just hope this works out because I'd love to see how Tim Tebow does in the NFL again, but especially at the tight end position with the Jacksonville Jaguars and his old um, college coach, Urban Meyer, at Florida. Jalen Brown suffered a season-ending injury, which resulted in wrist surgery. How will, the, how will this impact the Celtics? I think that this will greatly impact the Celtics. Arsh, I know you believe J uh, Jason or Jalen Brown is better than Jason Tatum, but I think it's the opposite. And Jason Tatum collided with. So you're saying you think Jalen Brown is the worst Celtic? No, I never said that. You just said the opposite. Oh, the opposite of Jalen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I said Jason Tatum is better than Jalen Brown. But anyway, J Jason Tatum's on path for All NBA after a 60 point game he had. Um. Jalen Brown, they collided, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and both were slow getting up. Jalen Brown uh, hopped to the locker room, and Jason Tatum just came back on the field, and he was okay. I mean, on the court, and he was okay. But I, it's, I think this is really severe, and the Celtics have had a dismal year this year. I mean, they didn't live up to expectations. They might not even be in the play-in tournament after this, after Jalen Brown's injury. And Brad Stevens just hasn't... I'm not saying he's a bad coach. This year, he just hasn't excelled like the rate he he's usually does. He's on Yeah, and he hasn't excelled at the rate he usually does. And the Celtics just not, have not lived up to expectations. I mean, they, they are not shooting well from the field. They don't really have a big man. And they, they just play small ball, and it's making them lose games. They were under 500 midway through the year, or three-quarters way through the year. And they only turned it on after Kemba came back. So I think that this... This is a horrible, horrible injury for the Celtics. It's going to impact them greatly, and I think they will barely get into the playoffs. Maybe number a play-in tournament, maybe number ten or nine seed. And I don't, I, but I don't think Jason Tatum will be All NBA anymore just because of the fact that Jalen Brown helped their team so much, and this injury is going to be devastating to their team. Yeah. So I think that the I think I, like you said they collided on the court. It's very unfortunate because it's not. It's like. The two best stars collided against each other, and now one of them is out for this whole season. So I think title hopes are lost now. I don't know. I, they, they never had title hopes this year. I don't. They think. did a little bit, but now it's totally lost. Even if they make the playoffs, I just don't think it's gonna happen. And unless like Marcus Smart or someone like that who has the intangibles emerges, there's no way Marcus Smart. He's only he's mainly known for his defense. Yeah. So I think that this is really unfortunate for the Celtics. It's going to have to be next year again. And uh, I hope that Jalen Brown has the best recovery, but I think he'll be okay. Yeah, I hope he's okay. I'm a Celtics fan personally, so I really, really don't like to see one of my stars get hurt. Both of them made the all-star team this year, 
and I think Jason Tatum's on track to make a bunch more. So is Jalen Brown. They're both very young, and, and Jason, uh, Jalen Brown just got drafted in, 27, or in 2018, and J, uh, Jason Tatum in 2017. So I think this Celtics team is very, very well off, um, very, very young. They just need to add some bigs um, potentially in the draft or in free agency. Tristan Thompson's not that much of a big. Um, Tice was okay, and then they lost him. So I just think Jalen Brown, a horrible, horrible injury, but hopefully his wrist gets well, and next year he comes back strong like he did at the beginning of this year. Russell Westbrook passed Oscar Robertson on Wednesday night to become the all-time leader in triple-doubles in an NBA career. Arsh, how significant is this, and do you think he deserves to be a lock for the Hall of Fame? Yes, definitely. He's been one of the best point guards in the past 10 years. He's just averaged triple-doubles, I think, most of those years. And even it's, he just really needs to win a championship now. And while he's on, uh, he's on the Wizards, so it's not going to happen this year. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but he is definitely a lock for the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. I agree. Russell Westbrook is such a good player. He constantly has been – he got two straight 20-plus rebound games, and that's absolutely insane. One of them, he had 20 rebounds and – over 15 assists. So he was killing it on the Wizards. Bradley Beal is such a great help to him. I thought this pairing would not work out at all. It happens to work out very, very well. Russell Westbrook passed Oscar Robertson in the all-time triple-doubles uh, race. And like you said, he averaged triple-doubles in a, a little bit in his or in, in a couple seasons during his career. So averaging a triple-double in a season per game is absolutely incredible. I don't think LeBron James has even done that in his whole career, maybe one time. But Russell Westbrook has done this multiple times in his career. He's been such a great player alongside Katie and James Harden, and then alongside uh, James Harden, and then alongside James Harden, and then alongside Bradley Beal. I think the best combination was obviously on OKC with, um, with KD. He has a ring already. Russell Westbrook has a ring already, um, but that was very early on in his career. If he's able to win run, win one as one of the main centerpieces of, of his team, I think he's already a lot in the Hall of Fame. But if he wins another one and he gets two rings, one early on in his career where he was a role player and one now where he was a key player, I think he'll be solidified as one of the greats to ever play in the NBA. That's a bold statement, but I think he's capable of doing that with the amount of he's already 31 years old so he doesn't have that much longer left but I think he has his he has his best chance to pad his stats with the Wizards but not his best chance to win a championship so I think that he should stay on the Wizards just because his stats are great and he's uh, advancing a lot more with the Wizards but I he's such a great player and to pass Oscar Robertson big O is absolutely insane in one of the things that in one of the feats that NBA experts thought never would happen I thought never would happen and Russell Westbrook was able to pass that with such great ease only at 31 years old he probably still has three or four years left in his career is absolutely maybe insane. even more maybe even more yeah that, I'm just saying that's probably minimum but Arsh do you think that he if he went do you think winning a ring would impact his status in the NBA Hall of Fame, or do you think he's already a lock to be in? I think he's a lock, but it would make him, like, even, I, if this is even possible, even more of a lock because of what he's done in his 
career plus that ring, which he still has yet to win. He won one early, but yeah, I agree. I think Russell Westbrook is a very, very good player. He deserves to be well, in the Hall of Fame. Ring, yeah. yeah, another ring. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's played on so many great teams. He won one ring, um, but uh, he's such a great player. He's he has the he's a very very good person as well. Um, he's very as you obviously he's very good at passing, which is why he um, has like triple doubles because of his assists. His rebounds. He's a very very good big man, and I think if the going back a little bit, I think if the Celtics are able to acquire him, they'd be ex- they would be an extremely extremely good team and able to compete. For a ring, but I think, and I think he'll also have a chance to go to that, to go there if he wants a ring. But as of right now, he's already such a great player in such a great situation, and I think if he takes a, a one more step and Bradley Beal continues to advance, the Wizards will be a lethal team going into the playoffs in the next few years. Before we get into the next segment of the episode, we will be announcing the winner of the autographed and authentic DK Metcalf jersey. Once again, we just want to thank you all for this amazing, rewarding, and humbling opportunity. We could not have done this without you guys. Here you can see the wheel of all the names of people who entered the giveaway, whether it be through YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or both. People with multiple names entered through both ways and also used different devices to enter. We will give this a spin, but first, it's sorted A to Z. Let's give this a little bit of a shuffle so it's fair. Okay, that should be good. Um, And we're gonna spin now. Thank you for everyone for entering. We really appreciate this opportunity and all you guys have. Um, And the winner is... Hutch Levinson. Congratulations to Hutch for winning the autographed and authentic DK Metcalf jersey. Please email us at twobrothers.sportspodcast at gmail.com or contact us through social media to claim your prize. You have one week to do so. Thanks again, everyone, for this amazing opportunity. The NFL season opener on Thursday Night Football is between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The main story here is which is bigger, Dak Prescott returning after a season-ending gruesome injury, or Tom Brady trying to repeat and defend a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at his age. I think this is, I understand the hype about Dak, Pres- the Dak Prescott um, returning and why he is, why this is like such a big deal and a big story, but I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady. He is trying to defend the Super Bowl. They got all of their starters back with the Buccaneers, um, and at his age, 44 years of age, he's trying to repeat and win his 10th Super Bowl, no, not 10th, his 8th Super Bowl ever. This is absolutely amazing, and Tom Brady playing at this age is a mir- not a miracle, but it shows to how great of a player he is. I mean, Dak Prescott, yeah, his, he got injured, but so what? How much is that going to really impact the okay, game? He's no. just he's just returning. I mean, I, I mean, I get the hype. I said that. It's not. But hype. Tom Brady, Tom Brady is returning with all of his starters, trying to repeat and win at forty-four years of age. I mean, I, Dak Prescott had a horrible injury. We're Cowboys fans, so I understand how bad of an injury it was. But I think that Tom Brady trying to repeat is just a bigger story here. And I think that the, the Buccaneers will be able to easily win this game unless the Cowboys somehow 
um, make I them, think it's going to be the magic of Dak Prescott. Unless the Cow- yeah, unless the Cowboys somehow make a miracle. They're gonna and, be they, and they show up like they do against the Rams in every single season opener they do, and they somehow win the game. But, no, but they're, they're going to be very, very excited to have Dak Prescott. Yeah, they will. They're going to be very I understand, but I still think that this is, that's bigger with the Buccaneers, and I think the Buccaneers will win this game. Okay. I think the Cowboys, I'm giving them a chance. I think, I mean, my gut is telling me to go Cowboys, but, like, it's not going to happen, I don't think, unless they're so motivated and Tom Brady just isn't going to play well. I mean, we're talking about the GOAT here, so I don't think it's going to happen, but I really hope that it does. And Dak has a magical game for his return, and he has been better than Tom Brady. I'm saying this. In his whole career, I think he came in the league 2016. He's had a better career from 2016 than Tom Brady did statistically. No, wise. that's not true. Statistics Just because wise. he has the most game-winning drives in the NFL does not mean he's better than Tom Brady passing statistically. Yards, passing yards, passing touchdowns. He was leading Tom the league. Tom Brady has been to like three Super Bowls in that span, three or I four, know, and won I, most of them. Is that statistics though? I'm talking. That about, is statistics. No, I'm not talking about a Super I'm Bowl. I'm not talking attempt. about how many Super Bowls. I'm talking about. Just the QB statistics. Tom Brady had a more touch, more passing touchdowns. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I, I except for this year, because okay, really, you can't count this year. I didn't count this year. I was saying last year he had more passing touchdowns, no, but not didn't. passing yards because Dak Prescott, as Shannon Sharp says, empty is calories, empty calories, and they're down every single year. I mean, every single game, and they try to make it back, and sometimes they do. And I'm not discrediting okay, them from making it back. back. But the but Tom Brady is never in that situation, and he doesn't need to throw the ball that much because he's never in that situation to begin with. Dak Prescott was leading the league in yards before he got injured. He because is yeah, a but what was the record one and two? Be, it's not about that. It's about the team. If Tom Brady, if Dak Prescott was on the Buccaneers, come on. Dak Prescott would not be better on the Buccaneers. Yes, he would. There, the team. Maybe, I mean, leader and uh, legacy and all this stuff, it goes to Tom Brady. But exactly. I'm talking about the, who would have the better offense on the Bucks? Tom Brady, who, and it's a deep-throwing offense, something that Dak Prescott excels in. Would it be Tom Brady or would it be Tom Brady, Brady on the Bucks Prescott? is better than Dak Prescott on the Bucks. No, he statistically no, he isn't. Okay, but let, me, what do you yeah. let me what do you think going? is a bigger story. I think it's Dak Prescott returning. And that injury could have been career-ending and maybe even life-ending if it got infected. It was so gruesome. And I was watching that game live. And this is why every quarterback needs to be careful. Dak Prescott didn't slide, or he slid too late. No, he didn't. He did a spin move, and then he got horse-collared. So, the and his leg just twisted out from under him. And if you, if you are light-hearted... Or if you don't like to see gruesome things, I would advise you not to rewatch it. But if you forgot how bad it was, I would say just go look at just look up Dak Prescott ankle injury. I mean, no, wait. Two years ago, they were covering up Alan Hearns where his ankle just popped out of his socket. That was that, not as bad. As I was. know, I know. That's what I'm saying. They were covering Alan Hearns injury with like towels, and Fox Sports wasn't allowed to replay it. Yet they literally put the camera on Dak Prescott's leg and shin. And then and literally every single moment of that play and, and every single moment after that play. A little play. bit after, though, once they got the initiative from their producers, they said that they're not allowed to show it anymore.
just because I mean I think we both understand why that is. Yeah. But anyway, you don't need to go into that. Back to the point. I think Dak Prescott's return will be bigger, especially if they win or even if he just puts up a good fight. That's like saying what's the bigger story? Uh, Alex Smith returning or whoever they played. It, it's Alex Smith. Well, it's not whoever they played because it's because uh, well number one Alex Smith's injury was worse and number two that it's not it's not the the yeah injury, that is okay okay injury, okay wait wait, wait yeah that wait. is deba- no that the is injury. debatable uh, that is debatable I agree it's debatable what but what I'm saying is it's not just any opponent p- opponent it's okay, the forty three year old Super Bowl winner defending Super Bowl winner that got all I his understand star- I know, that got all his starters back and I am no Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller. 
that's such a great wide receiver in court. And the Cowboys have Amari Cooper, who's pretty good. Michael Gallup, who's a deep threat, but I, he's their number three now, I would argue. And CeeDee Lamb, who is a very, very good rookie. And I think he's better than Antonio Brown at this point. But I still think and that... And their tight end. And their tight end. Their tight end is better than Gronk. In the That's season. not true. In the Blake Jarwin season. is not better than Gronk. No, not Jarwin. Even Schultz. What Schultz, Schultz did last year was Schultz better. Not better. What Schultz did last year in the regular season, because they never got to go to the playoffs, is better than what is better than what Gronk did last year. And, oh my God, you can't count Gronk's more, beginning of the year because they didn't use the, him. No, the regular season, and for the majority of the year, they didn't even have Dak Prescott. So the backup tight end did better than Rob Gronkowski, and they didn't. The Cowboys didn't even have their starting QB for more than half the season. Okay, so you guys, let us know what you think. But I personally think the Bucks have a better wide receiving core, and Arsh thinks that the Cowboys do. All right, if that's a, if that's the case, because you, you said the Cowboys are better than the Bucks, you think. Who do you think it has a better uh, receiving core? Not wide receiving core, receiving core. The Falcons, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, or the Cowboys? Who do you think? I'd have to go with the Falcons. I would too. That's what I was going to say. I think the Falcons have a better wide receiving core than the Bucks too. Because adding Kyle Pitts adds so much depth to their team. You they mean still, receiving core? Receiving core, yeah. yeah. They still have Hayden Hurst, who's not that bad of a tight end. Julio Jones is very, very good just because he got injured, but he's aging. Calvin Ridley is turning into a top 10 wide receiver. Arsh thinks he's a top 5 wide receiver in the NFL. I think he's a top 3. Yeah, but he's, tur- whatever. he's turning into a very, 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 very good wide receiver. Extremely good deep threat and route runner. And he and they have Kyle Pitts, who I just said ran a 4-4-40. So their, their team is absolutely insane. So yeah, I think that the Falcons do um, have a better receiving core. But you guys, let us know what you guys think. Do you think... The Falcons, Cowboys, or Bucks have the best receiving core, not wide receiving core, receiving core in the NFL. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers and Their Sports Podcast. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to hit that like button and that subscribe button, and make sure to turn post notifications on so you're always notified when we drop a new episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a review. We check those daily, and we will make sure to feature your comment in the next episode. Until next time, we're the two brothers and their sports podcast.